Hey fam, my name is Maxim Seguin. I'm an entrepreneur, fitness mentor, philanthropist, and founder of the Seven Figure Body, Fit Vegan Coaching, and Empire Builders. I'm an Ironman 70.3 competitor and hybrid athlete who loves to use fitness as a means to help others live their life to their fullest potential. This show is here to help you unleash your true self and level up your life in all areas that matters. Enough talking, let's get into the show. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first episode since we've changed the name of the podcast from Fit Vegan to the Maxim Seguin Podcast. Very excited for this first episode because I have my beautiful fiance Ivy here. We're going to be doing a little recap of our love, passion, and relationship trip that we did with Tony Robbins in Hawaii. We just came back maybe a few days ago, so while everything is fresh in our mind, we want to do a little recap of some of our learnings, breakthroughs, tools that we've learned that potentially might be helpful for you in your own relationship. So Ivy, how was the trip for you? <laughs> well, I think it's pretty unexpected for the most part because coming into it, I have no freaking idea what was going to happen and you dragged me along. <laughs> I was like, we're spending seven days on a relationship. <laughs> I was forced. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, so it's, it's, I came in there with no expectations, just open mind and willingness to learn and grow, basically, as I mentioned to you, because I trust you and I know that you've been growing with the Tony Robbins teachings and seminars and all that. So, you know, as your partner, I want to do the same. So I was really, really excited to participate and, you know, summarize everything. Here we are, what, seven days later? Six. Yeah, because we said an extra week in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it, it's a lot of learning, a lot of um, just, it's overwhelming, but yeah. clearly it is because we have to like work on our relationship and to sum it up, you know, it's like the, just the application of it and practicing will take time, but yeah, learning sure. the mechanics and the strategies and tools definitely is a big thing and can't yeah. wait to share with you guys. Yeah. So well, let's just kick it off. Like what was, what was the biggest thing that you learned that you didn't, the biggest thing that you learned that you got from it that you didn't expect to get from the event there? Oh, um, maybe the blaming game. <laughs> yeah. Explain know. for the people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, okay. So I think it's not just us because as we were surrounded with 400 plus people in that event it seems like we have the same problems with a yeah. lot of the couples so um obviously it's a common theme for a lot of these couples it's when you get into an argument or fights we tend to blame each other or actually yeah. i just blame you <laughs> and you blame me you know not each other we we point fingers and blame and 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 it's it basically um get intense and just like building this blaming until like you know you feel better about yourself well at least that's what i'm doing or i was doing yeah and to me i was being defensive i was defending myself in in those moments <laughs> and right? vice versa by the way <laughs> yeah so, so one of the big things that tony said is like if you're pointing out the fingers like turn it back at yourself because you're the one that has the issue that needs to be resolved. And so anytime you're out there pointing a finger, he's like, turn it back at yourself and look as to why this is happening. Yeah, so it's basically when I'm telling you something or I'm blowing something out of proportion, it's- Oh, you never do that. <laughs> which I never do, never. <laughs> um, it's basically something internal is happening, my emotions, and maybe something that I usually brush off, it just comes out. Yeah. And that's one thing that I learned that I need to address that and I need to internalize everything and think before I actually speak it out loud to you and say something I might regret later, but which I usually do. So that's one thing, you know, like the sewing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Explain we, to them what sew is. Yeah, we, so basically Tony gave us a tool on how to have fights together. So a lot of the time when people fight, they start with the emotion. Like I feel, I feel angry, I feel pissed off, I hit whatever. Well, what that does is that puts the partner in a defensive mode because like, well, you're pissed off, now I'm pissed off. And then it just kind of escalates from there and you're just pointing fingers left and right. So so it's uh, S-E-W. So uh, S is for sensation. 
So you start off with being like, hey, like I really feel this like in my gut, in my stomach. It just feels like it's being twisted and turned, right? Or I feel it in my throat or in my neck, whatever maybe. You should have explained the sensation because your partner can't argue against that, can't argue about the fact that you're having some discomfort because of this argument, right? And then E, you go into emotions. And there's five basic emotion that he gave us a list of, which is, I can't remember, it's it's somewhere in my notes. I have like so many um, pages of notes in here. Yeah, so it's basically sad, mad, scared, glad, or when you're excited. Yeah, so just sharing one of those five emotions. And then the W is what do you want or what do you not want out of this, mm -hmm. right? I want this to come out of this conversation or I don't want this to happen, for example. Right. So basically when we start, you know, arguing turns into a fight, it's because like I get so mad or like I'm so angry with you and that's how I usually start or you start. And then that's that. When you say I'm so mad or angry with you, you upset me. Like it doesn't tell you context. It just tells you like you're making me feel this way, right? Yeah. So there is no resolution or you can't address that. It's like, okay, then what? Like, you're upset. I'm upset. No, you're getting me upset because you're upset. So when you say, hey, this I'm having up. a hard time breathing right yeah. now, and it's because I'm feeling this, like, anger inside of me and what the reason is, and then say, you know, I really don't want this to escalate, so maybe we can talk it out or, like, I need five minutes to process and leave the room, yeah. which I usually do. That's one thing we learn. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I just want to, like, add context to to this year. Like, to I don't know for, for you guys listening, but I never had any relationship training growing up. Like, it's not a thing that was taught in school. It's not a thing that my parents really talked about. It was never something you just kind of, like, learn on the job basically, but you don't necessarily learn the right things, right? Because you come into a relationship with your baggage and your own conditioning and your partner comes in with their baggage and own conditioning and you guys kind of trying to like make it work. And so having access to kind of guidelines and templates and tools, um, you know, they talked about different archetypes. We can talk about that later on, but that was really helpful to be able to put a name to a specific conditioning to be like, ah, that's the thing that's happening. So we never like got training on relationship what a relationship is for what it's like what it's supposed to be like what it's not supposed to be like and so like having access to those tools is very handy which <laughs> you fully forgot about it the first fight we got after the event <laughs> yeah i, totally I was forgot. like baby yeah it's like you're angry let's sew she's like i don't want to sew <laughs> i'm like what the fudge is so <laughs> like i don't want to sew like no let's remember sensation emotion and then, yeah, then what I do you to want go back to my notes <laughs> <laughs> like what did tony say yeah um and sage but what? basically like i think the most important thing is we're forgetting you're a man and i'm a woman and we were built differently in yeah. terms of emotions and physical attributes and everything else we seem to like always go well and our journey right. we're gonna go through yeah like what i was trying to get to with what i was saying is i always thought that arguing was bad in a relationship but then we were in a room of people that were like wildly more successful than we are in life financially and everything and they were still having arguments too and they like are they have amazing relationships but they still had their obstacles that they had to overcome so that kind of made me feel better about like oh arguing is normal not necessarily a bad thing it's an opportunity for us to kind of grow together i feel fortunate that we're only been together for two years and learning yeah. all these tools because as we saw in like that um like a lot of these couples have been together for 20 plus years and yeah. still haven't figured out how to you know, like work the relationship out and just now learning with us. So yeah. in that matter, I feel very fortunate that we're able to do this together and grateful that, you know, you took me along I always, to better understand each other. I always push for growth in every area that I care about. Yeah. So, so I'm happy we start. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy we spent, we took time and money to do this for, for seven days. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the intervention. So for those of you guys that follow us on social media, we got to do it. We now got to be one of the interventions with Tony Robbins. We got to take a photo with him, which I was super excited. I've been waiting for this shit for 15 years. Once I have the professional photo, it's going right up here on my wall. <laughs> it's a photo of Ivy and I and, and Tony. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be right on my wall there. Um, so what, they asked us to do some exercises. 
And I can't remember what the question was, but it's like, what's something that you've learned out of this situation and that you've changed? And one of the things that I, that I, that I shared and I didn't think what was going to impact anyone else in the room. It was really hard for me to open up about that because I thought it was kind of weird. But for those guys that know, like I lost my ex-partner to, to breast cancer after being her partner for five years and being her caregiver for five years. And after what, like we started dating like half a year after you and I we started going out like seven months after, eight I think. Months. Yeah, eight yeah. months after we started dating and now we've been together for two years. So anytime we had fights, she would want to go out and, and leave and go for a drive or go for a walk or whatever. But we'll explain the context of why oh, you like want to do it. breaking the pattern. Yeah. So for her, for her, her response when things got hard was to run away, right? So she left a lot of relationship that way. It was just like, let me just run away because it's too hard. On my side, I had a lot of freaking staying power because I went through five years of cancer. But when we would have a fight, she's like, I just want to go for a drive. And I would be like, no. Like, we're going to talk this out, right? I would stand in front of the door and I wouldn't let her leave. I'd be like, no, we're going to talk this out. Because how I grew up, my dad would be like, you're not going to bed until we deal with this. And he would like force me to stay up until we talked about it ultimately. So that's what I learned. I was like, oh, when there's a problem, you force people to stay in a position and you confront them until the problem is solved. It doesn't work great in a relationship. So that in combination with knowing that her pattern was to run away, my heart, not in my head, but my heart was like, man, I already fucking lost someone that I loved. I don't want to lose someone else that I love. So I'm like, I can't let her go for a drive because she might not come back and I'm going to lose someone else that I love. Right. And so to me, I, it took me, it took me like, I, fuck, like almost two years yeah, to come to the place. So. Yeah. To come to the place of like, you know what? She, She's been through so much with me. I got kicked out the country. She had to leave her job, leave her family behind to move to Canada with me. She's been through a lot of shit with me. She wants to go for a drive. She's not going to go anywhere after. Like, she's going to come back because we've been through so much together. And then you want to share what you shared at the event? I didn't expect you to share that. Oh, yeah. So um, Tony had asked me, basically. So when he does what he does, like blocking the door and like not letting me go, like, what did it do to you? And I was like, well, honestly, he started letting me take my five minute, like processing yeah. my thoughts and all that. He actually started maybe like three months or so when you started saying, okay, I get it, you know, like go for a drive and then whatever, come back. And I would leave and I would like go for a little drive, but then. I started thinking, oh man, like he's totally trusting me to like just do my processing and come back. And when I do come back, usually like we just hug and kiss and we like go to bed and everything's fine, right? So then one time he told me like, you can take your whatever, you can walk and do your walk and think. And then at that moment, I was like, Oh man, he's getting used to letting me go. I don't want to go now. <laughs> like, like I'm just gonna stay because there's no point. He's not fighting me anymore, and he's like totally giving me his trust. And you know, like he knows that I'm coming back, and it's just a process now. So for me, it was like a confirmation of like he really loves me and he really trusts me. And I mean, there's really no point of walking away. I can just go to the restroom and like or wash my face or. You know, just like take five minutes in the bedroom and process instead of like going for a drive or walking away. So I told Tony that it interrupted my usual pattern. <laughs> like it broke the pattern. So then I stayed. And then everyone like applaud. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically like one thing, you know, you got to learn with each other. It's like the patterns and how to break them because it's not really like them wanting to hurt you it's basically them conditioned to do things to like not yeah. hurt themselves and protect themselves and i get that and you think that you're same. doing the right thing for your partner as well by doing that you know right I mean? yeah it's um you know, i was just looking at my uh, my notes here for for the relationship um i think i've shared this with you when we were over there but i realized what was the point of a relationship it sounds so funny but i didn't know 
I never thought about like what's the point of a relationship or what's a good relationship to me. It was just like, ah, you like someone and then you're together and then you see yourself doing life with them and then you want to marry them and then you just are together. But then I made my note was that the whole point of a relationship is to have a, a, a safe place where you can truly be fully who you are and that this person knows all the weirdest fucking parts about you and then you can just be you and it's kind of the place that you can go and you don't have to pretend to be anyone and you can recharge and go back into the world which is something that i personally never experienced before because my only adult relationship was the five years of going through cancer and i couldn't share anything with her because she was going through cancer so whatever i had going on was nothing compared to hers and anytime i would share something it would affect her so i just kept everything for myself which i brought into the relationship with ivy of like why well, don't need to i'm not going to share those things with her because i don't want to overload her with my shit and now realizing that like we have this relationship where it's a safe place where i can just be myself fully go and recharge where i won't be judged and go back into the world i was like fuck that's the point of a relationship <laughs> i get it now right like so what we learn is basically there's enough stressors in the world and outside of your relationship so you wanted a partner to come home to or be with that you can be you and like you know that will be a rock that will stand beside behind next to you no matter what happens in life so that's one thing we learned at the very end like you know staying together and just understanding the cycle of each other that we have a different cycle in life you have different journey yeah yeah we have a different journey well same journey just different ways to get there because of our yeah. emotions being a feminine and a masculine energy or vice versa whatever we both have them yeah. so just understanding that man goes through this process is very important to us right like to me to understand what you're going through because like women seem to always complain about man oh he's not getting me like he doesn't get it like of course they don't get it their man. <laughs> so but to understand why they're not getting it and like finding out ways to actually have them understand us and the way we speak and the way we think is just like money it's yeah, like that was super valuable relationship because yeah. there was a there was a, a a wheel of like all the steps that a chapters kind of the women kind of go through until she becomes a queen and also women can be like multiple of these things so right. there's like there's always like an ever-changing your archetype yeah it could be you can go back and forth between different for women and men it's a pretty straightforward line i can remember the first it's one a is circle. yeah it's a circle <laughs> so you can just kind of rotate through it but yeah. i can't remember what the first one was for men because it was there was one thing and then it was knight and then it was prince and then it was tunnel and then it was king oh yeah hmm. so basically that's kind of like the journey for men and then some men know that they want to become kings and some men don't want to become a king and won't do the things that are necessary to get there and one of the things that are needed to get there is to kind of go through what tony calls the tunnel which is like a fucking horrific period of life like when what we we're hearing from the other men that were going through it was like that shit's tough and to me i realized like like i'm a knight about to become a prince because i've kind of done the adventure part and kind of figuring what i want and then the prince the early stages of princes you want to figure out what you want to be the king of and then the late stages is kind of like working towards becoming the king of that. And then you go through a tunnel, which seems to be like 45 to 60 years old. I think the majority of the men that stood up, that's when you deal with like life, just beating the living shit out of you. Um, I and, think it's the expectations of like where you should be at a certain time of your life. Right? Feeling like you're enough as a right. father, as a leader, as a partner. Yeah. Tony asked a lot of the men to stand up that were in the tunnel. And it was like they were sharing. I was like, man, this shit's. I can see that that's coming. And it, he also explained that that's when a lot of women will leave the man when he's in the tunnel. At his darkest days, that's when a lot of the women will leave the tunnel because they can't handle it and they don't understand what's happening. And so I'm happy Ivy saw that and kind of got to understand that because I've known in my heart that I was going to do big things since I was younger. I've always had that drive to do more things, which is kind of where I, why I'm where I'm at at my age. So I know that I want to become what Tony calls a king, basically, after the tunnel. So it's good for Ivy to know that, like, I'm going through these stages and there's going to be a period where, like, she has to be tougher than usual 
to be able to be with me during that time until we can come out on the other side where everything is better. Right. Ultimately. So it's a journey of our relationship and individual journey as well. So when Tony and Sage refers to a king, that's basically the ultimate goal is to have that circle of life and at yeah. the end you come out as your own king and yeah. you have your own kingdom right an example would be like tony right and yeah. tony is one and then sage is the queen so basically we have to go through what you're going through as female and partner or whomever male whichever you prefer um it, you just have to go into the cycle with the more masculine energy or your man at this point and understand that they're just going through a cycle and that you know if you're a real queen at the end of this tunnel then you have to understand and you have to go through all these hardships with them yeah. so knowing that and it's just not blaming him for things and not making him like oh he just doesn't understand me he's just you know, ignoring me. Um, <laughs> it's it's really helpful. Like I told you, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah. So that's what you're going through. It's just a face. That's what it is. It's a face. Yeah. So once you come out of it, it's like the, what is it? The gold pot at the end of the rainbow, basically. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to come out stronger, bigger, successful, happier. So, but it's a lot of work and it's not a joke. So for that to happen, we need to stick together and use all those tools that we learned. Yeah. And I mean, it's still going to be rough, I'm sure. But at least we know what to expect. Yeah. That's what I told Ivy uh, is like some like the way that Tony puts it is like some men are going to stay knights. Some men are going to stay prince. I have no desire to be king of anything, to build a kingdom for themselves. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But he said, if you have that internal desire within you, he's like, check with your partner. Right. Because to me, I don't feel and I've shared this like way before I met you. There's probably a ton of recording online of me saying this, but I don't feel there's a point in me living if I'm not pursuing what's in my heart. Like, why am I here if I'm not going to fuel the fire that's inside of me to accomplish what I want to accomplish? So I was like, Ivy, like, you know that I'm nuts and that when I want something, I'm going to go for it. I'm like, are you OK with going through this with me? Right. And she was. And so I think that's super important important conversation to have with your partner because i know a lot of men that have this internal desire and their partner is just like nah just want to chill watch netflix eat shit food not work out don't want to like push for anything too much and then just end up breaking up because they didn't want the same things out of life so that's our first conversation we had when we met right of like what are the things that we wanted the nonprofit, the the orphanage some of the things that we want that was our first conversation all right and also not everyone's going to be king as tony yeah. mentioned so it is going to be harder for me because he wants to be a king and for that journey to happen it's going to be a lot of like sacrifices and support and there's nothing wrong of staying as like a knight or a prince if that's what you want and you're happy and content right and that's different for each individual and for someone to be with his intensity and drive like i need to step up and like become my own and be strong on my own so i can better support him so that's basically what we learned <laughs> yeah so ultimately to kind of like um condense it you want to identify who you are, who you are, where you're heading, and then make sure that you and your partner are on the same track. Yeah, find the them. right partner, or at yeah. least you know have your partner understand the whole journey and how it will be hard, but yeah. it'll pay off at the end if you stick with it. Yeah, one of the big things also is like to put you first above everything else. Oh yes, we love. That. She likes that one. As <laughs> like put your partner first, and you know one of the realizations was that. You know, it's like my soul knows and we were writing right. down. I was like, my soul knows that I'll never be able to be a king without my queen. I'll never be able to go through that tunnel and that phase without her. And so the most important thing that I can do for us, for myself, for everything that we want to do is to put her first. Because we've had periods where our relationship was rough and everything else sucked. Business, doesn't matter how much money we made, fucking business sucked, life mm -hmm. sucked, everything else sucked when we we're, when were fighting. So putting you first, which I've been making a conscious effort to do since we kind of ended the, the workshop, 
Uh, you're making fun of me for it, but <laughs> thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you for sharing. It's a great meme, though. Yeah. Um, but it, it's vice versa, by the way. So you yeah. have to put your partner first. So for me, I have to put Maxim first in everything that I do because it's the only way that this would work. Um, and it's easy to understand once you like put yourself and immerse yourself into that concept because... It really does ruin everything when we fight or, you know, and when things are not going right for us. Like my work and my mood especially is being affected and it's just a counterproductive for my day. So the more we resolve things and like avoid fights or arguments, the more I'm more productive and more like just myself and I feel more confident about everything that I do. So we need to get along. It's a must. Yeah. We uh, need to stay together. I want to talk about the meta-analysis. Do you remember that part? Which one? The meta-analysis. Oh, you tell me. Okay, what is yeah. it? Yeah, so it's, so it's, when, it's when women explain something. When you ask for an answer out of women, and you get a meta-analysis of an answer. <laughs> and I got so many examples of that. We were sitting at lunch, and one of the guy, I think you asked... I think it was uh, the guy from Spain, the vegan yeah. guy from Spain. He's mm -hmm. like, oh, how was it for you? He was like... It was good. All right. It was super short answer. Like, it was good. And then I think he asked Ivy how it was. And then Ivy went into this long ass story <laughs> to say basically it was good, but went to this like long explanation I, with I have so to give many. Give him the backstory so he understands. <laughs> but basically, that's what Tony was saying is like women will, as when Tony was one of the speakers, like women will give you a meta analysis for their answer. Right, like, or when guys go out, it's like, "How was it? Ah, I was good," and we'll be like, "Oh my god, I went to this coffee shop and then there was this girl there, and I spoke to her about this, and then I, I saw this muffin. I was like, I really want this muffin, but I shouldn't have the muffin because I didn't do my cardio today." And they're just basically going to this long story. He's like, right. "You just need to listen and not trying to solve anything." Which men have heard that often. Don't trying to solve anything, but having a word to it and contextually understanding it. And it has happened since we finished a workshop where I ask you for something and you just go on with a long ass answer. And I'm like. Yes, my love, that's a great story. But also, <laughs> when you get, like, into these moods of, like, stress, like, you know, in the past, and I would tell you about it, and you always want to solve things, like, you have solutions for everything, and I, I don't know how many times I've told you, listen. It's like, a man thing. Right? I, I don't want you to solve anything. I just want you to listen. But yeah. he doesn't get it. Like, he gets upset that... You know, he's trying to solve this thing for me and like, Cause, and I'm not taking it and he's offended by that. But then we learn in this workshop seminar that it's actually a normal thing for men to do that. So then I was like, oh, okay, he's just trying to be helpful. But for me, it was so annoying. I was like, why don't you just listen to me? I'm getting really upset now. And he's like, here, trying to, well, if you just do this and that would do that. I was like, no, I don't want to do anything. I just want to tell just you how I bend. feel. Yeah, yeah. So this is the difference between men and your best friend yeah it's a it's con a it's conscious work and to catch yourself because i remember it was tony or someone else saying but like realistically i run several businesses and my job is to solve problems that's what i get paid for ultimately is to solve problems yeah for people and for the team and so when you're in this mode like eight to ten hours a day and then you shift to your relationship and she says something i'm like Put out the fire. Here's the answer. Do it. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't work great in relationships. So. Oh, and tell them you say no first before anything. Oh, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I used to be very much a yes man before. I would say yes to everything. And I got burned so many times in my life, like burnt out from that. And then so when I started business at the beginning, like over almost four years ago, before it was in April, like four years ago, I would say yes to everything. And I was like, holy fuck, that's not sustainable. I can't say yes to everything. So I changed my natural response to being no i just say no to everything i don't care if it's a great idea i don't care who brings it to me i just say no and then that gives me space to reflect and be like analyze the idea I'd be like it's a good idea we should do it all right but in business it's great because i just say no i got my space and then i can make a decision but in a relationship it's not great because she didn't feel heard every time i said no so i've learned to kind of i'm learning i'll say i've learned i'm learning to navigate to not do what I'm doing in business to what I'm doing in a relationship. Yeah, which is very easy to cross over when, especially we, we sort of work, work together, together. Yeah. and work together 24-7. We work out together. We work together. <laughs> yeah. 
that's hard to differentiate and sometimes separate, um, you know, work and personal. So I get it. But at the same time, it's like when it's time for us time and I want your full attention and say yes to everything I say. <laughs> Maybe not all the time, but at least say yes. Absolutely. Say yes. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, boss. <laughs> yes, boss. Um, yes, queen. So what are the other part of the event that I didn't feel like was unexpected, but I didn't really think that about it is the sex therapist that came in. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> yeah. So we had uh, Gaia and her husband and then there was a, or Jaya, I'm probably Jaya. mispronouncing her name. Mm-hmm. And there's a few other people that came to talk about like sex, sex speakers. archetypes and everything. And we got to put titles to our kind of sex archetype and learn how to kind of pleasure that well, sex archetype. You have to take a quiz and then yeah. it's going to sort of tell you for the most part, what's your archetype or, you know, yeah. your style. Yeah. Your, your style of preference. <laughs> and so it was really interesting to be able to put a concept to it and kind of get a description for it and kind of the positive and negatives that kind of come with each. Um, so I think that was really helpful for, for both of us. And then we each got workshops as well. Uh, during that during that that during that week so ivy learned some great new skills i learned some great new skills and we got to practice and it was a good time (laughs) (laughs) everyone's probably in their home or like what are what are they talking about do you want to go into details uh you can go into details (laughs) um i don't know how you guys feel about this because i wasn't sure when i first heard about it um in our swag bag there was a stripper shoes for women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Copying all this. And, um, yeah, there was, so you guys learned, so that's a different thing, but you guys learned dancing, exotic it's dancing. Not, hold on one sec. <laughs> yes, boss. Take all the time you need. This is getting me excited. Okay, now, um, <laughs> we learned how to, it's not strip dancing, it's, um, S factor. Oh, it is strip. It's pole That's dancing, why it's basically. <laughs> Sex factor, yes. Um, but it's so much more than learning how to be sensual and dance. And, you know, basically, they turned it into, at the very end, all the women that joined that class felt like, at first, they were so like, you know, this is weird, not comfortable at all. Yeah. Like, we don't usually wear stripper shoes and try to crawl on the floor. And, like, what is this for? Like, pleasing your man, right? Well, the thing is, like, it's really pleasing you and making you feel comfortable with yourself. So that's one thing that people didn't expect to come out of it. Like, yeah. it's empowering you and your body. And most of us are, like, sh- body shame for not looking perfect by the society standard, right? And in other society, the bigger you are, the sexier you are. So it's just like really embracing that power within the feminine energy and like feeling good about your body and like be proud of it. Because if there's no confidence, like that reflects right on your partner. Like you don't want to have sex. You don't want to be like intimate. So learning that and people were like the women are actually like just letting go and mm-hmm. just feeling this confidence in them and then giving that sexy back. So it was great to watch all these women kind of like grow mm-hmm. and from day one to the last day. Me, myself, was very shy, <laughs> but I've also taken pole dancing before. So I was like, what is this? Um, but we don't have a problem with that. Or very, <laughs> very sexual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be our, our the last of our problem in terms of relationship. But you know, it's still nice to learn some dance moves and like give it as a gift. <laughs> it was a great gift. <laughs> a lot of I tricks. I will attest. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so it's interesting. So they got to like be sensual and yeah. kind of scream and have a fun time. So that's the and- beginning of our day. Usually, we take two hours of classes to do all that stuff, right? Yeah, and then the men went to a separate room, and we learned how to kill, basically. <laughs> and it was silence. It was an ex-Navy SEAL or Marines guy, um, and he basically developed this technique to just, like, literally fuck someone up, basically. He, he explained it that you are to only use these tools and tactics if you are in a position that if you had a gun, you would want to pull it out and pull the trigger. 
He's like, if you're in a position where you had a gun and you would pull the trigger, that is the only time they're allowed to use these tools. So basically, like, it was genuinely extremely uncomfortable learning and practicing all the strategies and the tools that they taught us because you just can't imagine inflicting that much pain to someone because they try to make it you you go very slow right because you can really hurt someone you go very slow but you just kind of they ask you to kind of imagine what it would be like to do it and just like crushing someone's skull with your heel and just like yeah just some crazy stuff and it was very uncomfortable but it was also very empowering in a certain way because i was like man i know that if we're walking down the street and someone comes to us like there's i have these tools available to me um and they ask us to practice in pure silence like you're not allowed to talk and it was for almost two hours like no one fucking talks for two hours they're teaching something you practice it in silence and yeah so it was quiet the whole time so yeah it it was interesting because there's a bunch of men that started and as the days went on there was less and less and less men and some of them was like i just don't want to go because it's uncomfortable to kind of practice these things and I was like, man, if I got to defend Ivy, I got to kind of have these tools under my belt. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was a very different experience. We, we were hearing you ladies like screaming in the we're other room. We're screaming, like, cheering for each other. And we're here like music, crushing skulls <laughs> and breaking ankles. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was definitely they wanted to separate the energies. That was a very different energy. But I think that's one cool, one cool thing that Tony did. It was like help men be more men and women kind of embrace their feminine energy and men embrace their masculine energy. Yeah. And it's not about like, Oh, I'm a feminist. I'm not going to do this, which a lot of those women are so successful in their field and like really intelligent. We have some doctors in there and, and like women making like lots and lots of money, several million. Right. So in the process, some of them embrace this masculinity, right? They can't, show their feminine side because in the society that we're in somehow yeah yeah, especially in business you have to be that masculine energy or people will step all over you and that's just a fact that they said right i'm not i haven't experienced that myself but yeah um so for them to let go and let loose and just embrace their femininity in that environment where they felt safe. There's yeah. no man to judge them. It's just women loving each other and giving each other like support and cheering for each other. Just like, you know, made them take off all that wall that they built and they can be themselves. So that was a beautiful unfolding and revealing of like feminine. Yeah. And women supporting each other for the first time (laughs) because you know as women we tend to compete with each other but we forget that there's really like i mean i myself i'm not that competitive in sports i am but when it comes to women i like to lift them up and you've seen me like empower them and help them out as much as i can and also with growth i think that you know maturity that comes along with it but so it's just beautiful to see all this powerful women in one room and just helping and supporting each other. Yeah. Do you mind if I share the breakthrough that I had? No, go for it. What? Because that a lot of breakthrough you the got. one the one that I cried for like twenty minutes in your arms. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So I'll share this one. Um, I don't think I've explained it anywhere else. Besides, this was the podcast that I was saving it for. But basically, Tony made us do an exercise, and it was like, my soul knows. And that's when I wrote, like, I will never be able to be a king without my queen and a bunch of things about Ivy. I kind of have it on my tablet here. But one of them that I was unexpected that came up was, like, I've been, I say depressed is a big word, but I've been miserable for the past, like, eight to nine months. And I was just getting unhappier and unhappier. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? I'm like, I have a great life. I run several businesses. We make great money. We travel the world. I have an amazing partner. I live in Los Angeles. I've always dreamed of. Like, I have everything. I have more than what I've ever dreamt of having when I was younger. I was like, why am I miserable? Why am I not feeling good? And I realized that it was my soul that was unhappy. It wasn't like the, the emotions or the psycho- psychological, the physical powers. My soul was unhappy. And so I was writing. I realized that you know, I have this mission statement for the company for Fit Vegan Coaching, which is to help 10,000 people get lean, thrive, and disease-proof their bodies on plants by 2033 and a million by 2050. Well, I realized subconsciously what I had done and what I had been pursuing was that if 
I thought subconsciously that if I helped 10,000 people or a million people, that it would make me feel better about the fact that I wasn't able to save my ex. And that just hit me like a ton of brick because I just realized, I realized that, man, I'm heading down a path that will 100% leave me unfulfilled because I know that even if I help fucking 10 million people, 50 million people, it's not going to change the fact that I wasn't able to save my ex. Right. And, you know, it's kind of same thing applies to money. I was like, when I make 10K a month, half a million dollars or a million dollars, then I'll be happy. You never are. Right. You're excited for like we had like a we had like a, almost like a six figure month at one point. And I was like, yeah. And then we had a fight that night and then we went to bed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, it just kind of goes away like that. So I was like, I, I know that regardless of the amount of people that I would have helped, it wouldn't have changed anything about the fact that I wasn't able to save her. And then I just start crying uncontrollably. And Ivy's arm in the middle of the conference because I, I had to let go of the idea that it was my place to save her. And I had to accept that God had a plan for her life and for my life. And that I was simply meant to be the last chapter of her life. And she was meant to help me go to the next chapter of my life, which was to meet Ivy, right? Like after Jen passed, until I would say now, it's been a transitional year, transitional years. I don't think I was in a chapter mm -hmm. from when she passed until we came back from Hawaii. Now I feel like it's the start of a new chapter because like now I'm ready to move forward because I was holding on to something that I didn't know that I was holding on to, which was the fact that I thought that I could save her by helping millions of people, which I never would, it would have never fulfilled that. And so it brought me to kind of this neutral place of like, fuck, I've gave her, I gave my ex five years of my life to take care of her. And I subconsciously gave her the three years of my life since she passed away because I was living with the hopes of being able to save her. And so basically I gave her, I was 22 when she got sick. So from 22 to 30, I gave her pretty much all my 20s. And I was like, man, it's time for me to live for me. And I got to this neutral place of like, okay, it's time to enter the next chapter, building a family with Ivy, building our future, building the business that I ultimately want to build. And just, I was like, it was so, it was so relieving and empowering to kind of have that realization. And that's when I was just like, I think the word is unleashed. It is mm -hmm. the word that came out. I was just like, <laughs> I swear, but like, fuck it. I'm just ready to be me fully for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Ivy was very supportive. And letting me snot all over her shirt <laughs> for like, 20 minutes. I'm like, ew. <laughs> now I get it. Um, and I have noticed you've been unhappy in terms of business and what truly makes you happy. You were afraid because you didn't know if that's what the road you want to head out to, you know, as far as like, I think you were also concerned about people's acceptance and like how the new story will unfold versus the story you've been telling over and over, which you got a lot of love and respect and a lot know, of support, affirmations. Right? Yeah. So it's understandable. And like, I keep asking you every day and I've been checking in with you since Tony's event, like, how do you feel? You know, like, are you going to be okay? Because I know it's a big undertaking and it's massive. It's yeah. basically changing everything you've known for the past seven years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, feel, I honestly feel like a renewed energy. I feel stronger than ever. And I'm so excited to actually build what I want to build. And, you know, the, I, I've shared this in the previous podcast episode. So ultimately, the podcast that announced that I was changing the name of the show, I kind of shared some of these things. But Fit Vegan will always exist. Coach Sarah will be running it. So if you guys want to work for like, you know, a holistic whole food plan-based coaching program that still exists, we're still going to be able to offer that service. It's going to be with coach Sarah, but ultimately I'm going to be launching a new coaching business. That's going to launch November 20th. I'm not going to say the name of the project yet, but just be sure to stay tuned for that. But making that shift, it just brought me so much happiness. And I obviously still want to be a part of the cancer movement, which fit vegan will kind of be a way for me to have that impact. But I still want to be able to donate to cancer patients because I understand what it was like to just be 
broke as fuck and not be able to pay for cancer treatments. Um, and I want to be able to support cancer patients through that, which I shared in the previous podcast, things that I don't like to share, but I was like, I like making money. It's great to have a lot of money because you can give more money right. back, right? Which is never something I would have shared before. Right. But there's no money to give if you're not generating money. So, yeah. I mean, it comes. Like, there's been months where we've been in a negative for the business and I haven't been able to donate. And that sucked. And I hated that. Right. Um, not only because I couldn't donate, but because I was in a negative and I had to pay for it out of pocket. But that's the name of the game when it comes to, to business. Yeah, but you never actually um, told any new clients that that's what you do. And when I do let them know in a sales call, they're very surprised and very supportive of it. So... I think like once in a while we need to remind people that you know, like they're also donating to the cause of being a client yeah. and members of it vegan, and they feel great about it because it's not just getting them healthy and like you know getting their fitness journey or goal met, but also helping others having a greater impact. Right, exactly, and they're part yeah. of that bigger mission. Yeah, so. we donated a percentage of our profit for fit vegan coaching. I was right. we can on months that were that some of the months that we were negative right. um but yeah we don't need a percentage of our profit uh, directly to cancer patients i don't go through any organization because the money never fully goes to the families so i'd rather just give directly. it to the yeah directly to the families um let's bring it back to the relationship and kind of the event we covered oh, a lot yes let me let me just remind you how fun it was to carry big logs uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in a um, non-sexual way <laughs> Um, we were. Thank you, my love. <laughs> <You're welcome>. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Um, so, we got the opportunity to actually meet locals in Maui who were affected by the fire. Unfortunately, yeah. it's it's still burning, which we didn't yeah, know. That's crazy. So eighty like percent like under the fire is right. like under the ground. So eighty percent contained on top. You won't see any fire, but twenty percent of it's still burning and they're underground, which yeah. is crazy. So um, people still need help. And while Lahaina was a very much closed up and military. Yeah, we are trying to drive through it, but we kind of had to go around right. it. Right. So a lot of the help are going to Lahaina. But also what people didn't realize is there's this little town that were affected. One yeah. of them is Kula. Yeah, which was like on, maybe we realized that it was on the way to the volcano. To Hayakla. Yeah, yeah, so it's that little town and we were able to tony actually had us pick what kind of help we wanted to do for yeah like the food, island of food Maui. bank like pack food or kind of like go out into the field and help and clean up manual labor basically yeah so, so. i forced <laughs> ivy to do manual labor <laughs> i was like i was like just let other people pack food i'm like yeah we work out we can yeah. lift some logs yeah but it was we're talking about trees that yeah, was that like should, some of them were heavy they're not log logs they're like trees you have to carry so yeah sometimes um, like four guys lifting one yeah yeah it's pretty so it was fun um and then i spoke to carrie for a bit the owner of the home that we were helping and she was just very grateful she didn't know who we were like why we're doing it yeah. <laughs> and they're just like just happy we're there because there were a lot of work that was done yeah um we did a lot and then she cried and it's very emotional like they're still going through the pain even though it's been almost like three months right like a couple months or so yeah so um they are encouraging tourists to come still they're open because that's their bread and butter right for the island of maui so if you guys yeah. want to come to maui and vacation it's still very up like a lot of it a lot of the parts are still open yeah just lahaina that's yeah, close it's just everything else open. is open so yeah. it will help them a lot if you guys you know decided to go on vacation there that's much appreciated by the locals yeah that's why we didn't mind spending more money there because it was helping the local community yeah. <laughs> the luhau we got tattoos we got tattoos obviously i'm sure people spotted mine at this point yeah. it's pretty hard to hide i got i got a line on my hand I'm gonna be. I'm ready to be the king of my kingdom. It's a reminder. Yeah, I've goals. always wanted a hand tattoo, and for song, I was like, "What are people gonna think?" Blah blah. I don't care anymore. Fuck it. I'm doing it for me. I always wanted well, one. Yeah, I got you it. You already have a whole arm tattooed. I'm, so. I'm covered <laughs> at this, but the hand is like you see. You can't cover it, right? Like if I have a suit, yeah. you can see it. You wear gloves. I think it looks badass. I fucking <laughs> love it. So I got it for me, and then Ivy got a new one. Um, again, we it's still have it. the paper around it to protect it because it's been yeah. less than three days. So. 
it'll look thinner than that. The lines are really fine. The girl did an amazing job. And then Ivy, you want to explain your tattoo? Yeah, so I'm very spiritual in terms of like... Look at the camera. Are you looking at yourself in the street? I'm, I'm looking at my tattoo. So I know which one I'm pointing at. Hold on. So this is an um, you know, like I believe... Like um? The, um, <laughs> the sound of the universe. Um, I really believe... Every time I meditate, actually, I would say that. And it's just... It works for me. I mean, everyone got their own beliefs, but... I am still a Christian and I still believe in higher power and the universe and all that good stuff. So mm -hmm. then I got a lotus, which I love. It symbolized resilience. And for a lot of you guys probably knows, um, it grows in the muddy water of all places, but it's the most beautiful pure flower that you can find. And so that's it because it's a resilient, freaking beautiful flower, which I think I am. <laughs> Your risen beautiful flower that grows yeah. in mud. <laughs> yeah, that grows in a dirty mud uh, water. So not a lot of care, but it comes up and it's just glorious. And then I have the enlightenment. It's like a reminder that life is never a straight line. There's always going to be squiggly lines and roundabouts. And I'm the squiggly line. <laughs> the unexpected. Um, but at the very end, it's a beautiful journey. So you just have to like go through that. So I have a reminder of all that. And one arm. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> we, we love tattoos in Kaiser. We're just um, giving you reasons why we got tattoos. Yeah. So I, I just saw another note here of something that Tony said. I think it was really good. He said, in relationship, selfishness is fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to explain that? I thought that was really good. Well, anytime in a relationship where you're being selfish is you're scared to not have your needs met. And when you're focused on you... You're not focused on your partner, which puts the relationship at risk. Right. So realizing that every time that I'm trying or that I'm being selfish, there's fear there and I need to identify what is the fear about, right? Is it fear of losing you? Is it fear of not being enough? Like what is the fear that's showing up? Because if I'm being selfish, I'm just thinking about me. I'm withholding to a certain extent my love right. for you and you don't get to experience that fully. Yeah, it's true though. Like I feel like when I'm being selfish or like thinking I have to save my own money <laughs> just in case. Well, that just in case you're putting that energy that it might not work. And if there is that like consciousness of it might not work, then you're definitely not putting the trust in the relationship. Yeah. And there's always plan B, which is yeah. running away with your own money just in case. Yeah. So we learned that we need to diminish that and it's a selfless act and a very it takes a lot of strength and courage to do that because as we both know we've never done that before mm -hmm. and for us to believe in each other and know that we're going to be together forever no matter what is definitely going to take a lot of strength and belief and trust yeah. but we're willing to undergo that and take on a bigger better goal for our relationship to actually yeah. make it work so you know what i'm 100 percent in this relationship that's all i'm gonna say so i'll give it my all every penny me too all right but it's it's funny so i brought that up because there was a lady there was a woman at the event that kind of had this fear of her husband leaving i believe or yeah something like that and so she started a business to make money and now she has two businesses just in case something happens, she has her own money. But that messed up her relationship because she's living in that this might end. And this putting out that energy kind of caused them to kind of distance themselves. And I can understand where Ivy comes from because like in our relationship, a lot of the money we have comes from the businesses that I that I built. Um, but Ivy used to be a fucking vice, uh, used to be vice or president or president. She used to be, she used <laughs> I just to be, took the job for president. No, I'm yeah, she used to be vice president of a multi-million dollar skincare manufacturer. Like Ivy's a boss, right? And she was making like as much money as me when we first met. Right? You're making over six figures. You're, you're doing pretty well. And she had to leave that job to come to Canada with me because my freaking visa didn't work out. Right. And so like to go from making six figures to being not making six figures and then working with me and then we're only living off of what i'm making that's pretty tough like i told her i couldn't 
done what she did like leave her like i could have done it for our love but what i'm saying is leave my income and just rely on her for income and work for her i can't work for shit for anyone else so i mean she's really good but i understand that she's used to having her own money and that's why we kind of came up with some solutions of like having a mutual bank account and kind of putting a lot of funds in there um but yeah at the end of the day finances is a big reason why a lot of couples fight and so tony made us create a a forever solution like what's a forever solution to the finance argument that we've been having and it was just like just have one bank account we both have access to it and we pay everything from that one bank account or we make money from the businesses whatever gets funneled into that and that's kind of how we manage our money together versus i have my money and she has her money uh, so that's kind of the solution that we we came up with because yeah when we're trying to have our separate bank accounts it caused some friction yeah. <laughs> well Which, I, understandably, I think a lot of uh, people actually have that yeah right but then again you ask yourself what works for you and for us like this is how we want to work together because we are going to be together for the rest of our lives and you know we want to be transparent with each other and not hide anything and money is a big stressor for a lot of the relationships and especially in ours yeah to be honest so yeah because i i always live in scarcity because i grew up fucking poor like I slept in my car at certain points in my life. Right. So I never want to go back to that. Like I have this tattoo on my finger. You guys won't be able to tell from this far. But it's $34.37. That's how much I had in my bank account. And I had rent due and food to pay and cancer treatments to pay. So I never want to go back to that. So I have a certain amount of money that I need to have in my bank account to feel secure. Which is a lot higher than what it used to be before. I used to have 10 bucks in my bank account. I'm like, ah, shit, I'm good for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but not $10 anymore. So I have that, I have that amount that I need to have to fill. $10 well, you just get When weeks. you're poor, you just get like efficient with not a lot of money. You're like, dude, I could eat <laughs> oh, for three like $10, weeks. $10, that's not even like two Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So you know your Starbucks will go. But so yeah, that was like one thing is I had that scarcity mindset. And I was like, you know what? She's contributing. I'm contributing. We're going to have a bank account and kind of pay everything from there. Because right. before I met Ivy, I was running the business for a year and a half, two years, almost two years, a year and a half. And I'm used to making decisions, right? When there's an investment, like when there's an investment that I need to make, that's like 10, 50, 80 K. I just made a decision because I know it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah. Uh, but and now, that changes now I try to like go buy her. There's an event that we have the opportunity to sponsor. That's like 10 grand. Well, I'm like, let me just talk to Ivy first. And like do the math on it and see if it makes sense if we for us to sponsor this event to see if we can get a return on our money on doing this and kind of running the numbers. Ultimately, it's weird for me to run that by her because I've been making this decision all this time, but I want her to be a part of it. Right. And so that's why we're going to sit down and be like, is this is us sponsoring this specific event worth it? Yeah, it's having to make me come first. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> all right you're getting weird all right so we're we're gonna wrap up the podcast here uh we're almost at an hour at this point so oh, wow. okay yeah so i'll say massive thank you for everyone for listening hopefully you got some value kind of uh, what we shared um this is just a glimpse of some of the new style of podcasts that we're going to be putting out like like i said earlier the podcast used to be called fit vegan i just changed it to my name so that i have the opportunity to have different guests on that are not necessarily just vegan I also have some vegan guests on, but I want to be able to talk about relationship. I want to be able to talk about finance, business, body, nutrition. I want to be able to talk about everything. And just hosting everything under my name just makes so much more sense. So this is just a glimpse of some of the future podcast episodes that will be coming out. If you guys like having Ivy on the show, be sure to let me know. If you're listening on podcast, just shoot me a DM. Uh, if you're on YouTube, be sure to leave a comment down below and I'll do more podcast episodes with um, Ivy. And Ivy has some cool projects coming. She's going to start her first a company in the new year you want to share what it is about no okay. <laughs> it's a secret but i'll tell you guys a little secret i am working on my own skincare brand and the skincare line and it's vegan of course a lot of the good stuff clean beauty um for men and women yeah it's so. pretty good i've been using it i'm 50 <laughs> years old and look at me <laughs> he looks about 30 i'm 50 inside <laughs> I'm a 50-year-old man. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm testing it on both of us. So far, so good. Your skin's glowing. My, my skin hasn't <laughs> burnt off my face yet. <laughs> so, so I'm excited. And I have sensitive share. skin, too. So. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited to share that with you guys. Hopefully next year, um, we'll probably run some promos and 
yeah you know giveaways and we'll have you on the podcast to promo it and explain it right so anyways and i'll tell you more secrets next time cool about hey if you guys want a podcast episode on skincare i can just get ivy to do an episode by herself and just talk about skin because she knows a ton right she was basically running a company yeah um, i was working so she knows a ton with chemists who actually formulate Probably a lot of your brands or skincare. Some of your favorite products. Hair products that you're using now. But I learned a lot. And from that, I'm utilizing all my knowledge and hopefully for greater skin. Yeah, beautiful. Fountain of youth. Fountain of youth, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you very much for listening to the episode. Be sure to rate it five star. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Do whatever you need to do on whatever platform you're on. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to rate the podcast as it helps us grow and spread our message. And if you know this will help and resonate with someone, be sure to send it their way so that they can have the opportunity to level up their life as well.